Hi, I'm cutting in with an introduction before the introduction to let you know that we're going to be doing a stream this Saturday, uh, that is in two days, uh, May the 7th, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., uh, streaming bad video game cartoons and goofing over them uh, to raise money for reproductive rights. Details are not set in stone just yet. All we have is the time, like we said, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, May the 7th, and The Place. That's twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv. Um, uh, yeah, come hang out. Uh, give money if you can. And yeah, let's try and do some good together. This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons. Just like every episode, specifically, it's patrons like Big Daddy Meat Bone, Caleb, Ethan Y, Dan from Dayton, and Andrew C. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who supports us at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. We appreciate you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about The Beginner's Guide, which is a first-person narrative game developed and published by Everything Unlimited Limited. I love that studio name uh, for <laughs> for the PC in uh, 2015. And you may hear an 80s movie trailer style record scratch Burr. in your head right now and be like, wait a minute. I thought these two rotund gentlemen were going to do Fear and Hunger. Nope. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, in case you dismissed the, the announcement at the end of uh, the last episode and everything, um, we subbed that out mm -hmm. for uh, a different pick, which we're going to do next month. Yeah. Um, Fear and Hunger didn't didn't work for us, so we bounced off it kind of play-wise and, and thematically and, and didn't do... Uh, it's on us. We did not do uh, looking into it enough. It just looked neat. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have looked into it more, but, uh, we just want to assure everybody. So we've worked out with the patron, uh, this, we're doing another one of their picks mm -hmm. and it seems like a good idea to, uh, to remind everybody about that process because here it is in action. Yeah. So when yeah. people that back at that tier, uh, you know, we reach out and say, Hey, what are your choices? And we ask for three of them. And, uh, that gives us options, right. Uh, to figure out what's going to work best, especially, uh, if we're looking to fit in something relatively soon, you know, we usually schedule mm -hmm. in a few months out. Um, and, uh, just in case something like this comes up, uh, having a fallback is really, really nice. This happens to be the first time that it was, uh, kind of operationalized, but, uh, boy, was it good to have. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so there's, uh, just no, I don't want anyone to feel like, uh, 
we screwed over anybody. Right. Uh, the the patron is happy. And if you decide to patronize us at that level, um, you know, this is the first time this has happened. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. your, your picks getting uh, subbed out. Yeah. It's also uh, worth noting, this was not the sub. No. Pick. Um, that's going to be next month and that's going to be Terra Enigma. Yep. Um, this is something that we put in on the schedule because we had to, uh, it's something we've wanted to do for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, quite frankly, it's very short yep. and we were changing it up at the last minute, uh, <laughs> after putting in some time into fear and hunger. Um, so we need something that would fit the schedule. Yeah. Sometimes that kind of flexibility is very good for us. It really is. So we appreciate everybody, um, uh, staying the course with us and granting us a little bit of grace and flexibility, flexibility. Uh, it is really good in circumstances like this. And we hope you enjoy this, uh, this episode about the beginner's guide, a game that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Yeah. A, a game also that I absolutely love. Yes. Um, and a game, uh, just while we're doing disclaimers, uh, there's two really important disclaimers to this. One is that uh, it's pretty standard, uh, which is that this is a game that relies on its narrative. Um, if you have any intention of playing this or any interest, it's good to play it before we talk about it. Yes. Uh, I think that knowing what happens and what it's about, and more importantly, hearing our discussion around its themes is going to impact enjoyment. Yes. Of it. Uh, so that, that one's the obvious one. The less obvious one that I want to throw out there mm-hmm. is that I think the beginner's guide uh, in the world of walking sims is about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think uh, – one of the things I love about it is that to me this feels like it's throwing a lot of ideas in the air for you to think about. It is not an equation to be solved. No. Um, and it will be uh, – so – we're going to go into this, and I have thoughts about several things I feel like this game is speaking to mm-hmm. and is about. Uh, it is textually antithetical to this game to definitively pin something on it. Yeah. Uh, the game actively and narratively, like textually, resists that mm-hmm. uh, to pin a definitive uh, tale on this. So just uh, know we go in this, we're going to talk about stuff that we think this is about. Yeah. Your opinions may differ. Uh, Davey Reden, who made this game, uh, may have had different intent. Yeah. Uh, this game is about, on one level, among many things, how much or how little that matters. Right. Um, and whether it's appropriate at all. <laughs> uh, you know, this this is the this is the most uh, antagonistic thing I think we've done. Yeah. Uh, actively antagonistic to the act of creating this episode about this game. <laughs> yeah, going to feel a little uh a little self-conscious uh overanalyzing this work that is partially about the dangers of overanalysis. <laughs> yeah, or or the dangers of analysis. Yeah. You know, you know, the definitely the dangers of overanalysis, but it it's uh there's an argument like I think there's a a read in this that is pretty hostile to our entire steez. Yeah. And I'm not calling out Davy for that. Like Davy seems great. Yeah. Um but it, it's just uh it's it's a perspective, right? Like it's something to to think about, and it does make you feel a little weird as well, a bet. critic to just be like, "Yeah, this <laughs> game kind of doesn't like us." Uh, that's okay. Yeah, you know that not everything has to like us. Yeah, you know it's just um, uh, it, it's uh, uh, critics and creators. Uh, if we can be called critics, uh, natural enemies, mm-hmm. cats, dogs, police, c- yeah. cops, robbers, um, uh, yeah. uh, Sylvester the cats and Tweety birds. You know, yeah, and Sylvester the Stallones mm-hmm. fighting each other. All over. Uh, and and that relationship between creators and audiences as well. Yes. Not just critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not off the hook either, <laughs> listeners. Uh, this this is a game that it wrestles with some pretty antagonistic feelings. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned David Reedon. David Reedon is one half of the uh, creative team, you know, the original creators band, the Stanley Parable. <laughs> and this is his first game to come out after that. Yes. Uh, this is presented as a collection of small, incomplete games created by a person named Coda. Um, a, a fictitious friend of uh, Reedon, of Davey, uh, who uh, Reedon thinks is a game genius. Uh, yes. And it, like this is narrated by Davey Reedon himself uh, here. You yeah. know, he is the voice that you're going to hear uh, kind of walking you through this and explaining, you know, kind of what's going on a little bit about the uh, the process behind this, but also kind of what the uh, little games make him feel uh, and what he thinks they say about his friend. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of things that are worth unpacking there. Yep. <laughs> uh, one, not everybody thinks to this day uh, that Coda is fictitious. Uh, Coda is clearly fictitious. <laughs> right. Um, there's no argument mm-hmm. around it. It's possible that, you know, Coda is based on a true story Maybe. of some kind, but it, it's in the text that this is fake. Uh, this Blair witched a bunch of people. Yes. Uh, when it came out. Um, and that Blair Witchening uh, continues to Davy Reed in this, who is also a fictionalized version of himself. Right. In this, uh, the game is playing with your expectations of the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. You know, begins with "I'm Davy Reed, and you may know me from the Stanley Parable." Here's this, you know, this thing. It is, it is juking your expectations in a, uh, a very specific way that some people are not entirely on board with. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the fictionality of this is is clearer than day yes um but some it is still i was surprised to find in discussions it is still a thing yeah that some people have not bought that yet i'm surprised seven years later that that is that 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 is still the case like there uh, it seems like the better discussion to have would be uh you know how does this reflect what davy actually feels like yes this is a fictional situation but you know (laughs) that's that's a horrible thing to think yep because we're not it's not our job to try to figure out what Davey actually nope. feels. The uh, yeah, as we'll get into it. So it's a, uh, it's it's weird. There's yeah. there's a lot there. Uh, but when we say Davey reading, um, there's the creator Davey, mm-hmm. and then there's the character Davey that's in the game. Yeah, uh, it's important to differentiate those. Yes, and uh, you know uh, when I've seen other people talk about this game, they come up with you know kind of cutesy differentiators. We'll just say like the creator and the narrator. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a, that's the level of meta bullshit we're dealing with. Yeah. So that's another thing too. You know, if people, you have to decide whether that's your, your thing or not. Yes. Uh, this is super my thing. Like this, this game particularly is my, my thing, mm-hmm. but some people are just actively put off by that. And, yeah. Uh, no. I get it. By the, uh, in, in the notes, I differentiated them. The creator is, I call him Reedon and in the game, I call him Davey just because that's that what he uses in the game. So. Uh, this is a walking sim, so like Stanley Parable, uh, you know, they're really mechanically light. You walk through these guided experiences with a narration happening. You do a you know mild interaction with some items. Yeah. Uh, but the, mechanically, it's as simple as it can be. Yes. Yeah. So this opening section is not really, uh, it's, it's not going to uh, go into a whole lot, whole lot of detail because there's not a lot of detail to go into. Um, you know, and because of that, like, we're probably going to have to blow the spoiler horn a little bit early here, a, because of time, but also because like, as we talk about the aesthetics of this, it would not make sense to kind of obscure a huge part of the impact behind like being coy boys here, 
you know? So if you yeah. intend to play this, this might be the time I say get off uh, because, yeah. you know, it's cheap. You probably got it in a, in a bundle at some point and it's only an hour and a half. It'll probably be shorter than this episode. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's a movie. Yeah. Like treat it like a movie, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of a, a single sit down experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so on the surface, what this actually tells the, the story of without thinking about what it says about anything outside of the story mm-hmm. is uh, the story of a shitty friend. Yeah, that's a very bad friend. <laughs> a very bad friend and a very insecure, pathetic little man. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the Davy, the, the character in this, um, over-examining the creative output of a friend mm-hmm. and inserting a lot of himself into it. Yes, and kind of trying to take credit for it by proxy um, to a degree uh, and ultimately committing a huge act of betrayal uh, uh, in uh, uh, publishing these. uh, Yes, the the, The game you're playing. That's the the, the cool meta. The artifact you have is his uh, betrayal. Yes. uh, There. And and is personally Mm -hmm. harming this person. You know, I, um, smothering him you know. right like yeah. and you know like completely pushing coda away from wanting to create at all right because suddenly something that was a natural part of the process which is downtimes which is times when it's hard became crises because he had this other person leaning on him uh this entire time uh, in this extremely asymmetrical and unfair way yeah yep that is the the big reveal about this the way it articulates uh, is, and I'll, you know, just, again, this is subjective. Uh, first time through this I definitely felt was like pretty devastating. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, really sad. Uh, my second time through it, knowing the twist, there's a lot more foreshadowing and groundwork. There's a uh, lot of track laid for this, which makes me think that if I was just playing this for the first time for the show, I would have to go back and do it again because I would yeah. not have been able to call out the things that they, that, that they do to foreshadow it without knowing where it was going to go. No, knowing where it goes makes this, I mean, it's, it's, it plays fair. Yes. You know, as far as something with a twist, it also was really interesting because the way that, uh, I think this game has kind of flexible messaging and such. The first time I played this, uh, immense sympathy for the character of Davy. Yes. You know, uh, second time I played it, no patience. A lot of disgust. No patience. <laughs> no patience. And the entire time, not just during the reveal. Right. Uh, the overwhelming sense I got was pathetic contempt. Yeah. For this man. Um, even early on. And that's not very kind mm-hmm. of me. Uh, but that is, I think the ga- it's, it's speaking to the effectiveness of the game that knowing what you know, playing through it, like there, there's a lot of depth yeah. to the kind to the crapulence of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I say crapulous, I don't just mean the moral act of putting out the compilation, mm-hmm. which sucks. I mean also the just like the you know interpersonal uh, violence, like yeah, <laughs> interpersonal violence, and just the 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 just sad sack imposter syndrome. Yeah, you know, like which I, again I get it. that's a very relatable feeling. Mm-hmm. This is it uh, being portrayed as naked and grotesquely. You know, as it can be. Yes. So even if that's a natural feeling, and and I see it myself sometimes, and and people listening see it in themselves every once in a while, I think this game does an excellent job of portraying exactly how ugly that feeling is. Mm-hmm. 
and Outlook is. Yeah, and how uh, destructive it's an extremely it is. ugly character. Yeah, uh, DB. Yeah, no, just a uh, man. It just he comes across as incredibly small, incredibly small, in yes, this. and uh, yeah. intrusive. Just uh, the way that he doesn't observe any kind of boundary. Uh, just like. I don't know. Just again, knowing what's coming up. Like, I think a huge part, yes, I'm a different person now than I was when I initially played it, but like, you know, no, it's kind of like reading somebody's diary before and after they decide to kill a bunch of people, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Not, I'm uh, not drawing an equivalency there, but oh, you like, got the secret ending. <laughs> well, when he steps into the beam, you know, we've got no, we've got no way of knowing what that means. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but um uh but no but just uh, like knowing the way that this is going to go uh definitely uh, just uh, you're you're always carrying around what he what, what he would have he would eventually do or what you would eventually learn about him in things that you yes. otherwise would have been more patient with extended more grace for things like that and i i also to me like you know being a different person when i play this too i just feel like uh changed in a way that i i personally like mm -hmm. about myself about being less um like the the kind of like sad sack i feel more mature than i did when i first played this yeah and i feel like i see less of myself like there's still shitty parts of me that do what davy the character does yeah in this but i feel like between this time and when i first or first played it I've been able to like work on some of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, and that feels really good. Like it, it's, it's kind of interesting to play a game that related to a version of my worst self five or six years ago that I've had, I've made movement on. Yeah. No, you know? I definitely looking at Davey, you know, now and thinking about where I was way back then and God, 2015 doesn't feel like a long time ago, but it was, uh, definitely, uh, walking open wounds to a certain degree and not just yeah. that, you know, just kind of like just constantly <laughs> open and, and, you know, just uh, raw, uh, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of work to be done or whatever, but the way that Davey and this just doesn't listen and cannot see, and did not recognize that he 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 was hearing what he needed to, but he just decided to keep you know pressing on and not actually analyze in himself. Right. It's it it's this very specific combination of self focus, yeah, and lack of self awareness mm -hmm. that that feels contradictory, but actually happens all the time. Oh yeah, where you know somebody who is very heavily. Uh, into an you know imposter syndrome or something like that like they are like davy made this everything about himself in this davy projects uh, so much that he might as well have bought a drive-in theater ex exactly <laughs> you know it, and and it, it's the that kind of like i make everything about myself but i don't understand why that's crappy and wrong because <laughs> or, i'm not thinking about it enough yeah or i don't realize is, that i'm doing it <laughs> yeah is basically age you know me age 23 to 36 35 <laughs> you know like I, I did that for like a decade yeah, yeah. Uh, and it sucked <laughs> i didn't really realize it sucked but i i i've been on like on this kick recently where i've just been like man i wish i had wasted all that time with that kind of like sad sack gary centric self-loathing that i did for mm -hmm. i don't know like a third of my fucking life 
Like, so I, far. I, I'm going to die. And I did that for like, 50, you know, the small ball penny ante horse shit for yeah. 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I just wish I, and this to me is a real statement on, on, on the many things this is. It feels like, I, like it's sympathetic to mm-hmm. that, like it's a very human thing to do, but it is a condemnation and portrayal of it as ugly as it possibly can be. Yes. Of just not self-aware, but also constantly thinking about yourself. Yeah. That's a, um, a, a, a a tragic combination. Yes. Can cannot even begin to imagine what this person I'm interacting with might think. <laughs> even though on the surface you think that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> you know, and it, it's it's very well observed in that way. Yeah. Extremely well put um, together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we already talked about this, but people do definitely uh, have different interpretations. Uh, I think that the worst possible way to read those would be go to, would be to go to the Wikipedia page and look at the interpretations subheader, uh, the H2 yeah. on there. Uh, it's a big list of reasons to get mad. <laughs> the, same thing with the TV tropes. Right. Uh, right. Section on this. Like, like this is a thing where people's interpretations of this are irritating to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, People do talk about this. So Davy Reedon did a, a big blog post after the Stanley Parable came out talking about uh, being feeling conflicted on success. Right. There. Uh, some people believe this is him talking to his younger self or vice versa. Right. Uh, sometimes literally like a fight club mm-hmm. thing. Like this is about the success of a, the Stanley Parable. I think that that probably informs this, but I don't. That's one of the things it could be about. I don't think it's yeah. the, the only thing. Yeah. Uh, this could be. And the, when people talk about it being like there, there's, you know, posts and such where people are literally like Coda is a Tyler Durden, uh, thing to him. And that feels like trying to solve yeah. uh, a thematic work, like an equation, yeah, uh, which is never a great idea. That feels like a clumsy metaphor to me. Um, uh, at least to say like X is Y versus X takes on shades of Y plus these other things. You know, yeah. I just kind of when I say clumsy, I guess I mean lacks lacks kind of the nuance that I think is uh, is is necessary. I think that it uh, yeah. you know it holds it in a state that it that, that it ought not be held in. Well, it it's a uh, it it pins it down in like a you know a, a cat way, like a Schrodinger's cat way. Yeah. Like you know, it shines the light on something to try to make it one thing as opposed to everything. Mm-hmm. I was I was when I was thinking about this game, I was creating a new type of guy in my head. <laughs> who just uh puts the word explained into youtube and watches anything that pops up <laughs> like explained or uh you know solved or anything like that and it's just like yeah let's solve it all baby they just immediately feel like they have the worst hangover of their hangover of their life the minute there is any narrative ambiguity <laughs> yeah just immediately like what is, what does this mean <laughs> like must solve art (laughs) (laughs) i'll deconstruct (laughs) the the, uh that that kind of thing and and it just i i think that this game uh invites uh or the game doesn't do it but people people for whom that is a a way to to be Mm -hmm. are attracted to this game yeah because it's very tempting to be like, oh, no, no, it's actually these three dots represent this. Mm-hmm. And that is the clever trap that this game is playing is that doing that makes you a fool. Yeah. Uh, the perspective of this game has contempt for. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe uh, uh, maybe could have put those three dots on one game and then Davey went and uh, put them everywhere. 
you know, unreliable narrator. <laughs> yep. We have no idea what's what's real in this. And and then that's on top of the layer that nothing of it is actually real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a fun game to think about. Uh, something um, else is great. I love how this uh, really does a good job at being kind of a burn on the source engine. <laughs> sure yeah. you, you know <laughs> yeah uh especially early on just uh just real good uh depictions of just kind of this clumsy outsider art level design um using yeah. the source sdk uh what including one that is just like j- is just de dust uh but with yeah. uh with boxes everywhere <laughs> altered a little bit yeah, yeah. that's real great um oh. reading does a really good job mm-hmm. of this uh choosing to narrate himself yeah, you know, uh, it's a different skill set, right? Like acting versus game creation versus writing mm-hmm. and the like. Uh, does a wonderful job. Yeah, in this, uh, very uh, endearing mm-hmm. and friendly and inviting in the ways that when it needs to be, and then when you know if you don't know the twist, the slow feeling of realizing something's wrong as narr- the narrator Davy yeah. starts admitting something is wrong around the same time <laughs> uh, is incredibly effective. Yeah uh he's a very sad performance he re- he really does lure you in with kind of that false that false innocence that is the result of a obl- of, of obliviousness you know but yes. just made it like the, the 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 good thing made entirely out of the bad thing or the bad thing just piled into the form of the good thing <laughs> yeah yep yep yeah wonderful job yeah uh, like we said, uh, uh, you know, though the Reedon wrote that uh, uh, kind of essay about how he felt about the Stanley Parable, very little has actually been shared about his process behind this. Like it was announced two days before it came out, um, you know, and he's not like responded in any official way, saying like, "Oh yes, this is this is what I was aiming for." He's he's been very satisfied to remain silent and let this thing speak for itself. Yeah, we ruin it. And mm-hmm. it would be contrary to the purpose of it. 100%. You know? Yeah. Uh, so he, he did have help with this. Uh, you, can, you can, this is by his own game company, but there's a credits and stuff. So there's, there's music and artist and everything, of course. No. Uh, Will Pugh, who was the other half of the Stanley Parable, uh, was not part of this. They were creating their own studio, Crows, Crows, Crows. They went on to make uh, goofy comedy games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Justin uh, Roiland. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 sad heart of the Stanley Parable, the part of it that wasn't just funny. Yes, uh, went off to make this, mm. and he went off to make Crows, 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 and that's me engaging in the thing that this game hates, <laughs> of ascribing personality to that. But so far, that is true. Uh, Davy has a, a new studio mm-hmm. that's put together. Uh, my friend uh, Carla okay. Fulbright Alarm Lum is uh, working on their next game as well, Ooh, and I'm excited to uh, to hear more about that when news comes out. Nice. Yeah, very glad to hear it. Um, this got split reviews. I think it existed in the shadow of the Stanley parable, uh, honestly, Mm -hmm. for however ironic or appropriate as that may be. Uh, but the Stanley parable is a, uh, is it's an understandable reference point because they are outwardly very similar. Uh, but also they're aiming for entirely different things. The Stanley parable is, you know, about games and this feels a little bit more like it's about people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much so. Um, I personally, like, I love the Stanley parable. We did that last year. Yeah. Uh, I love that game. It's very funny mm-hmm. uh, and everything. It didn't break my heart. Uh, this game broke my heart, yep. which is always going to give you a upper letter grade. Uh, let's get into it. And Look. like I said, we, we're, we're going to talk about these individual games that he talks about, um, with the knowledge of what we know. Yeah. Uh, at the end. So when there's foreshadowing and stuff, we will call it out. And then I imagine when we get to the end, we'll, we'll just kind of talk about 
the things this game has to say. Yes. Uh, to kind of go through it. But uh, high recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at this point, you already know the twist. It'd still be worth playing. The way it articulates is great. Uh, final third warning. Last chance. <laughs> it's an hour and a half. Go play this game. You, you must deny us three times. Uh, yes. Let's get into it. Let's do. Uh, we begin with an introduction. Davey introduces himself, saying that this is about a series of events that took place between uh, 2008 and 2011. Uh, mm-hmm. And says we're going to be talking about games that his friend made, uh, Coda. He met him in 2009, so uh, a good portion of this kind of predates uh, what Davey would have been around for. Um, but uh, he kind of starts right away saying like, oh, yeah, uh, in 2009, Davey was going uh, through some personal stuff when he went to this game jam in Sacramento and uh, and met this person who he would uh, barnacle on to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is he's, he's like, here's a, here's his first game, uh, his early work. It's a Counter-Strike map, uh, Counter-Strike map, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this desert town. And he added all these little glitchy boxes. Yeah uh you know throughout the game um and you get to play it so we didn't you know really explain this we said it's a walking sim he this is going to be davy teleporting us to these levels yes uh that coda made these games that he made from game to game uh what part of my affection for this i love a compilation of fake games oh yeah <laughs> uh, so much your sonic dreams collection games. yeah Yes, fake, uh, retro game challenge. Anything that's a big collection of fake games is going to make me real happy. Yeah. Um, the uh, so you just kind of wander around this. There's nothing to do. You're just listening to Davey talk. Right. Uh, and this is where he starts talking about how uh, he uses these games to figure out like what they say about Coda. Right. Um, he's like, this game isn't very. There's not very much to it, but there are these little idiosyncratic personal touches, these little boxes and stuff, that make this not just a Counter Strike map, but a a window into Coda. Yeah. Uh, uh, just a yeah. just a, just a just a glimpse at whatever whatever whimsy uh, he might have been feeling when he was when he when he was putting this together. To 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 me, this is very clearly this 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 is Davy looking at somebody like fucking around and learning the tools palette in a uh yeah (laughs) in in, in software yeah one of the reads of this game and again i don't 100 percent agree with this even though it's something that's comes up has come up for me but this is a caution against overreading yeah uh or you know what i what i am calling overreading like bringing a lot of yourself into your interpretation of work and and saying things are there that are not part of the text Mm -hmm. um you know that's literally what david is davy is doing and is being villainized he's doing it right here right yes. from the start like this is clearly learning tools mm-hmm. you know and that's again that's us also saying what it is we don't know what it is <laughs> no that's the point uh you know but that that would be my interpretation of it yeah uh, if, the if, character davy is bringing <laughs> himself into the character coda's work yeah and you know to, to, to kind of bring a little bit more dimension to, to to my to my read on that uh just uh the fact that this is so early on and it could still plausibly be a comedy 
um, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the humor coming from the distance between, you know, the actual simple prosaic thing that this is and, uh, Davies overread, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I still read that as a joke. It's, it still feels like it's easing into what this ultimately will be. Yeah. It, it also is a really, uh, efficient way of setting up the premise yeah. of this. Um, it's kind of like foreshadowing the punchline of the joke. Mm-hmm. If you, if you catch on early on, they're like, oh, this isn't fucking these aren't meaningful boxes, <laughs> you know, you, you weirdo. Then that, yeah, that's the point. Yes. You know, but the, the performance and the, the kind of semiotics and the tone gets you to come along with it, or at least got me to come along with it. Yeah. Uh, the first time I played through it. Um, he starts talking about, you know, the, the character Davey did know the character Coda. He starts talking about things that he would have found out outside of his games, like starts mm-hmm. referencing correspondence. Yeah. Um, they had, and very importantly says Coda never released anything. Right. Um, he just, uh, he would release his games to his friends, to some of the people he knows, but mm-hmm. would never put them out for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Davey says that he's a recluse that, uh, that, that Coda is. I don't, I don't think that's true based on what, yeah. uh, what we see. Uh, but, uh, you know, saying like, oh, he had a, he had a joke. He renamed the recycle bin on his, uh, on his computer, the important games folder, uh, is what he, yeah. uh, as, as what he said, uh, which again is clearly a joke, but, uh, there's kind of an implied injustice, I think in, uh, and yeah. what was lost as, uh, as Coda was is elbowing us, uh, in the ribs and being like, what is, what kind of crap is that? You know, who does that? <laughs> Uh, he make these little small games until 2011. He just stopped. And Davey thinks by collecting them and releasing uh, Coda's games, he encourages friend to start creating again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds ridiculous on the face, especially knowing what you know. Mm-hmm. But in the context, it's viable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go into a second game. Came out in November 2008. Escape from Whisper. Um, and this is you're on a ship uh, in a sci-fi zone that's undergoing an emergency. There's an alarm going off. Um, you have a gun as you walk around, but there are no enemies and you can't reload. You can just shoot. <laughs> I loved when I emptied the clip and I tried to reload. Nope. That's all you had, bud. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, it, uh, a lot of times the narration will react to things that you do mm-hmm. in this in a way that feels very Stanley parable ask. Yeah. Uh, he says, you know, maybe he thought the game was complete the way it is. And I think we should talk about his games for what they are rather than for what they're not. <laughs> Yes, uh, which is ironic. Yes. Uh, huge hand-tipping moment. You get to this point where there's a labyrinth on the ship. Uh, and Davy sounds like a huge, arrogant asshole mm-hmm. uh, during this. He's like, I guess there's a labyrinth on the ship. <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't think of why this would be here, so I'm just going to skip you past it. <laughs> uh, and if you go back to the labyrinth, he goes, you can solve it if you want. It is solvable. <laughs> uh, and you, you go back through the, the labyrinth. It's not complicated or bad wouldn't have taken wouldn't have taken a lot of time you know even if you're not a maze meister (laughs) yeah and immediately uh you know he's just like i can't think of the reason for this so let's just skip past it right Uh, very daft (laughs) i love that and you know uh just uh for from from a uh from a critic's point of view how many times i was like oh yeah just skip over this this isn't the the tedium the tedium of this isn't worth talking about i don't have anything to say about this so let's just you know move on move on i get it yeah Yeah, it's not important (laughs) uh there's a when we get into the interpretation stuff about this around criticism i think there's a real difference between like releasing something and altering it Yes. You know, uh, which is part of what lets me sleep at night in a world with a beginner's guide. True. With my job. <laughs> uh, 
you get to the uh, the engine room of this for the end, and a voice on the PA says, hey, if you step into this beam, it's going to turn off the whisper machine. Uh, and you step in it, and you die. And Davy says, you know, that's that was the original ending, but let me restore this bug that was in the original version of it. Yeah. Um, and it's this really beautiful little lyrical bug. Yeah. You step into this laser, and instead of dying, you just start floating upwards out of the map. Yep. Um, it's real peaceful. It's real heavenly. You know, and Davy's narrating, he breaks the peace and offers all kinds of interpretations. You know, is this the grand perspective of the of, of the place that you have been? You know, as you look at the very simple map you've walked through, you know, is this supposed to be the afterlife? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not intentional. Uh, it's just a bug that was there. You know, that was there at first. The, the, the intention was what I, what Coda actually released, but he reverted it. Yes. Yeah. But it's not good enough for Davy. No. The uh, we go on to another game released that month. Uh, that's called Backwards, um, where you're in this brick kind of you know maze, <laughs> source maze, w- w- Windows ninety eight uh, screensaver maze. You're in, yeah. Uh, and this is like uh, you know, Dear Esther, where it's revealing a poem to you as you walk through, but you can only walk backwards, right? Um, as you you walk backwards, the geometry will change behind you, uh, and will reveal this kind of poem about uh just the the future being unwritten uncertain yeah. yeah it's nice you know just uh yeah. real simple and davy agrees he says it's more focused and more complete than escape from whisper uh it is very quick um and also he's not trying to uh work in another form he's not trying to uh, do do you know mimic sci-fi shooters like he was in escape from whisper yeah yeah, this is uh this reads to me like when I first got into like art games mm-hmm. and would download any any art game. This was the kind of stuff that happened all the time. Yeah, around two thousand eight. The uh, the path uh, or what have you. Yeah, yeah, like very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, December two thousand eight. Uh, he releases or it's still November releases this game called uh, Entering. <laughs> Here. Yeah, you're in the woods. Uh, you're walking down a path, and your sight is incredibly limited. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. ring, ring of ring of dark around you, um, and you pass a sign uh, that's on the ground. It says you are now entering, uh, and as you pass it, the game ends. Uh, this is very funny to me. Davia says, yeah, "Sure, you're going to understand this after we go through a few more games." Yeah, uh, this is foreshadowing that he has backported his understanding that he's you know modded into these games uh, <laughs> for this to fit. Yeah, his kind of thesis. Uh, this goes into December 2008, uh, Stairs. Um, we get a title card at the beginning. This is nonsense in every direction around me. Around me. Around, uh, and around great Mew? Void. 151 Mew? <laughs> yes. The, the, uh, you, you have nonsense around you, referring mm-hmm. to me. That is incorrect. Can we play a game outside of the bear? Um, <laughs> the, uh, you're in this gray floored uh, void surrounded by these tall structures with a stairway leading up them. Uh, awesome thing that happens in this. If you walk to the end of, I don't know if you, you found this, you walk towards the buildings, Davey will say, uh, I know, I understand the impulse, but don't go over there. Like, there's nothing over there. Okay. If you do it anyway, uh, it plays a sound. Hmm. Like, you get to a certain place and you hear this kind of weird voice making a noise. Okay. Uh, down there that, like, Davey's telling you to ignore. So not only is Davey excising parts of the games he does not think is meaningful mm-hmm. uh, because you know that he doesn't get them like the labyrinth he's also actively steering you away from things he doesn't want to talk about even just in the narration 
in the in the narration. Like yeah. you literally, he's just like, yeah, you don't need to go down there, but <laughs> if you do it anyway, like, and there, that's a little Stanley to parable of DNA as well. Mm-hmm. But instead of getting the game accounting for it, you're getting the narrator explicitly not accounting for it. Yeah, in a, in a work where the narrator is supposed to be talking about everything mm-hmm. that's going on there. Yeah, he's supposed to be explaining. <laughs> explain, yeah, explain, neat. boy. Yeah, yeah, great little moment. No, you know, I never thought to disobey him. <laughs> the, he's very calming. He is. Yeah, yeah. The, the Manchurian Candidate game <laughs> by Davey Reed, where you're just like, hey, do some crimes. Okay, yeah. You know, and you're Ship like, I, you're the boss. Let's roll. Well, I know you're the guy who made Stanley Parable. <laughs> yeah. uh, very neat, you know, a very neat little thing here as you're climbing the stairs, kind of the the the, the, the dream, the sleep paralysis sets in uh, and your movement slows to a crawl as you're climbing up the one staircase that is uh, that is available to you. And eventually you, you don't stop entirely. I imagine somebody has put a drinky bird on their, on their, um, uh, oh gosh, on their yeah. keyboard to walk forward and get through this. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and as, as you hit that minimum speed, the door at the top of the stairs opens up, but it is unreachable to you. Yes. And Davy says, Hey, I've instituted a cheat. If you press space bar, you'll go back to normal speed. Mm-hmm. So you can see what's up there. Again, he's altering your experience right. of these things. Uh, once you do, and you get up to the door at the top, it's this like beautiful little room with these floating text of game, like little one commonplace book, one sentence game ideas. Yeah. Uh, here, some of these are real fun. Yeah. Like these, these look really creative and cool, you know, just Ludum Dare style mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, just, uh, just little, uh, little concepts, sketchbook kind of things. Um, yeah. You know, and again, we get this uh, we get this kind of reading into Coda's personality saying, you know, Coda says he doesn't mind that people think of him as being cold and distant because he knows his inner life, that he is uh, uh, vibrant and compassionate. It's just a slow climb to see it, which is, I think, Davey very much trying to characterize his attempts to get to know this person he respects. Yeah, it's it's totally possible Coda's not like that at all with anyone who isn't Davy. Right. <laughs> given that Davy is obnoxious as hell. There's also uh, one of the things I love about this game is it gives that plausible deniability. Um, if I were you put a gun to my head and w- was like, hey, overread this this game. Mm-hmm. Like this game in particular does feel like him being in a creative rut. Yeah. Like a game about that. Like Davy is wrong to overread in this case, but his interpretation comes off as sound. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of a staircase that you, as you walk up it, then you get slow and you can't reach your ideas. Yeah. Um, sounds like it's exactly about what Davy says it's about. And then that of course is, uh, you know, we don't know that because Davy's presenting it to us. So we don't know what alterations Davy has made. Yeah. Uh, also Davy's kind of condemning doing that in the first place. Like yeah. it makes sense though. So you can mm-hmm. see how the fictional Davey would do it. You can see how it makes sense for the character to do it. And you can see yourself like, oh, like that's a, that's an interpretation I would make as well. Yeah. You know, no, it's a, the, 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 there's evidence there. I can see how this, how this metaphor would work visually mechanically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, this was on to January, 2009 with a game called puzzle. Yes. Uh, we get a title card that says ready, set fish. I have no idea. Um, yep. Yeah, but uh, you walk through this kind of short winding hallway, and then you reach a door that has a lever on it. Uh, and Davy remarks, almost condescendingly, "We found Coda's first puzzle." Uh, first, very condescendingly, <laughs> like yeah. he finally discovered that puzzles can be a thing in games, uh, and not just yeah. for jigsaws anymore. 
<laughs> yep. Good for you, little man. <laughs> you can almost hear Davy saying. Yeah. Uh, and this puzzle is very, uh, you know, a, a very uh, kind of basic puzzle that you find in games a lot. Yeah. You pull a lever to open a door and then you have to close the door while you're on the other side to reveal the next lever. Yes. Um, Davy reaches, it seems like you've got this, this dead end at this point after doing this. Davy has a lot to say about this, uh, this puzzle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to talk about that for the next few games, but he's like, it looks like you've reached a dead end, but check this out. And Davy modifies the game and removes the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see this beautiful, like almost unlimited sky full of these staircases. Yeah. Going everywhere. Um, you know, and it's, it's very easy then at this point to get wrapped up in Davy's interpretation while forgetting the very key point that he made it like you were never meant to see this. Right. He had to change the game. Mm-hmm. He had to, he had, he had to alter this and who knows, maybe this is <laughs> again, thinking about this from a development point of view, maybe this is something Coda made to like test and see what drains resources when you're playing a source engine game, right? Like, okay, yeah. if it's, you know, we're, we're inside, we're inside this little structure. What if I put all this in- incredibly complex architecture outside? Will that cause things to, things to slow to a chuck? Like what's my rule set here? Right. And then Davey yeah. draws into this conclusion saying like, oh, this game and the game with the with the staircase and the room full of ideas at the top, they're thematic opposites. They convey these opposite ideas, a dull exterior uh, with a fantastic interior as contrasted with a dull interior, those hallways and the fantastic exterior, uh, the uh, sky full of stairs. Right. Yeah. And it feels sound on first to listen. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, he says as a player, you don't know what you're, you're missing out on, like outside of the, these walls, you know, <laughs> if your, your role here is not to understand, then what is it? So he's justifying his own, his, his own mode of playing games, right? You yes. know, just like my role has to be valid because otherwise, what is it, right? Is there any other path for me? And also kind of planting the seeds for this FOMO, it feels like his intense yeah. desire to not have anything hidden from him. And and I also play games and approach art with an intense desire to understand. Same. Like, I don't, uh, you know, walk away from a movie being like, well, I can't know what that's about. And it's not for me to think about, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, that's none of my business. That whole thing is none of my business. Uh, that's not, I don't think, I don't agree with that. It's one of the ideas contained within here, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to ascribe it to, to da- like real Davy Reedon right, right. Um, at all. Because I, again, I think this game is full of flexible interpretations. is isn't about a lot of things. Right. Um, the next game is Exiting on January, uh, January 2009. Um, you're in the dark woods again. This time the sign says you are now exiting instead of entering. And this is where Davy first... Uh, puts forth his grand theory of all Coda's games being connected. Yeah. Um, the order of their creation tells this story. Uh, there's this larger meaning we won't be able to grasp unless we play all the games. And he'll start talking about the kind of theme that yeah. he's going to read into this uh, soon. Yeah. Um, and this is just a kind of a critical thinking thing. Uh, the second you start feeling that all, all stories are actually part of the same story. It's just one big story. Uh, that way dragons lie. my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's a the the tricky part is people can and do that for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is what is is it? You know, I'm going to set together and put together a high rule timeline for fun, like make yeah. this work like an equation. I personally don't find that fun, but there's a way to do it that isn't actively harmful. Yeah, uh, there's also 100 percent a way to do it that is actively harmful though, and like yeah. 
pretty obnoxious and which is uh, throwing your reads unrelentingly um at somebody who's supposedly your friend yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh interpersonally and also there's a way that's kind of just critically bereft as well oh yeah Yeah. you know where it it feels like you're kind of playing you know you're playing games yeah to try to try to make uh make your cork board work Mm -hmm. Yeah. Separate and distinct from like, okay, one person made the, you know, one person or one studio made these. How how do these exist in conversation with each other, especially as they're like course correcting from mistakes that they made previously? Right. Want to make sure that we draw that distinction as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. uh, I think that there's a read of this game that is a condemnation of that, but I, I don't agree with that. Right. You know, the idea of finding a through line through work feels very natural. Yes. To me, this game is challenging that, uh, but I don't think it, it successfully like vanquishes it. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's more, um, do a matter of degrees. Yes. With us. Yeah. Um, and then we get to our first kind of meaty one. Uh, this is down. Uh, it was made in March of 2009. Um, the title card says, uh, the great and lovely descent. And we are in this kind of big white void. Uh, and the only focal point is this small brick restaurant, uh, that is here. A nice little cafe. Yeah. Uh, Davey starts talking about how, you know, Coda would design to the strength, you use the source engine and would design to the strength of that. And what the source engine does is large, empty, boxy rooms and hallways. Yeah. You know, uh, he mentions how the artist tools determine what kind of stories uh, he can tell. That's, there's a seed of truth in that, Mm -hmm. but completely does not understand the stories that Coda is trying to tell. No, no, because it's Uh, undercut right away because you go down some stairs and then you reach a huge black void with this trail of colorful blocks leading down. (laughs) He says all this right before he finds something that uh, that kind of defies it. Yeah, it's uh, really cool looking. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a fan of surreal spaces, this game's real good for it. (laughs) Um, You take this uh, spiral staircase down and it takes you to this prison, this concrete prison. Um, uh, There's uh, these little like railway things like little uh railway but not the railway train that skimbleshanks guards <laughs> the uh the kind of things that uh guide you to a roller coaster yeah like a like a cattle run kind of kind of thing yes yeah yeah uh, bovine university <laughs> um these lead you to a cell right um uh, where you're trapped you're trapped only momentarily yeah. here in the original version the, the door would have stayed closed for a full hour which would be m- miserable to play um, yeah, but Earthbound also did that thing. It was like, how long do you have to wait for that thing in Earthbound? Uh, I, I mean, it couldn't be more than like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's still obnoxious. Yeah. It's not an hour, but it still fucking sucked. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, but yeah. also the fact that it sucks is the statement that's being made here in this experimental game, right? Yeah, yeah. And Davy doesn't get it or doesn't think it fits his interpretation, so he skips it. Yeah, out of almost expediency, like he wants he wants you to get to his other conclusions that he's drawn. So like we're yeah. we're not going to have you sit here. What Coda wants you to experience is not as important as seeing the rest of this. Yes, but I want you to experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions how Coda uh, and Davy begin these arguments about whether a game needs to be accessible. Davy's perspective being like, you made it, you put all this work, let people enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, whereas Coda did not buy that at all. Right. Um, the, uh, these arguments got heated at one point, Coda sent Davy a zip file, uh, called playable games There's hundreds of games that were just empty boxes you could walk around in. <laughs> um, very funny. Extremely yeah, funny. Your... <laughs> yeah. Take the hint. <laughs> yeah. <B-boy>. Uh, <laughs> like... 
And then even funnier is that David missed the point of it after he saw one or two. And then he went and played all of them, all of them to see if there was anything hidden to see if there was yep. a gag. <laughs> like, what is he, what is he trying to say with this incredibly obvious, like spiteful thing Fuck that he you. did? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Okay. If I take those letters and I unscramble them, <laughs> then it actually spells fup. You cook, cook, cook my fup. Ah, genius. Um, <laughs> there we are. Just straight up Batman yeah. logic. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who that uh, sign's for. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, we After he lets us out, we go in this yard. We do the puzzle, uh, the door puzzle again. And we go into this judge room. Coda uh, has created this dialogue system yeah. and has this recurring element. These three mannequins, uh, these human mannequins that stay still, and their faces are these boxes that rotate that have a word on the front. Uh, very striking and cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when they're uh, when they're speaking, it turns to say listen. And when it wants you to speak, the face turns and then it says uh, then it says speak. Uh, it's a very, yeah. very, very good image. Um, and... You know, there's a dial the, the, the dialogue here. They want to know because you did have to pass through the puzzle uh, to get there. Uh, you know, like, did you solve the puzzle to get in? You know, we want to know how to solve it to get out. Um, they want to know what's beyond the prison. Uh, they need to know if there's an ending to this. Yes. Uh, it's a really noteworthy thing here uh, that Davy never draws attention to, mm-hmm. but is really important to him not getting it, is that uh, whenever there's dialogue, there are jokes. Uh-huh. Um, the dialogue in this game weirdly takes the, uh, like, usually you'll have one thing to say that is close to what you want to say. Yeah. Uh, without being exact. The other two tend to just be funny. Yeah. Uh, and there are varying degrees of that, but Davey never references that. The, he, uh, never, these he never refer- references actual text. Yeah. The, the, these non sequitur joke things that lead to maybe Coda not just doing this slow motion cry for help. Yeah. Many yeah. things. <laughs> um, when you get through here, you go into an identical room where there are, there are judges again, uh, and they say like, "Hey, stand between the darkness between these doors. It's fun." Mm-hmm. Uh, you go out there again. You go down some stairs, and you reach this courtyard. It has this lamp post, and Davy says, "Coda started fixating on this lamp post. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'd start using it. He didn't want to do these abstract, aimless games. The lamp post is like an anchor, so you have a destination." Yeah. To this. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we can remember. I mean, do, do we just want to say what yeah. this is? Yeah, we so, can just say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe there was a lamppost at one time. Maybe it showed up here. Maybe it showed up at a couple of different places. Uh, Davy starts putting them into uh, in, into the, the, the games as he is showing them to people. Um, yes. He's kind of vandalizing these works in a way. Um, and it calls into question a lot of what we are seeing, because if he is modifying them, then how much is this actually representing, uh, what Coda wanted, even, even above and beyond just the, uh, the, the, the hacks to get us through tedious parts or what Davey thinks is not important to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says like at this point, Coda's work is becoming more focused and coherent and clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, this point being when he started taking a more active hand and modding them. Right. <laughs> uh going to april 2009 this game called notes uh as you start out it says in the beginning it says this note this game is connected to the internet as you walk around you can leave notes and all the notes you see are left by other players uh this is this is a lie there are no soapstones uh he says coda wrote all the notes mm-hmm. uh who knows 
right. feel like Davy wrote the ones that feel like they tie into Davy's pet themes. Yeah. Of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the notes are like people dismissing this work. Uh, people uh, saying like, you know, what's the point? This is just a big empty space. You know, no point in going up this way. Um, and there mm-hmm. are hundreds of these, it feels like. Yeah. I really appreciate that Davy, the narrator, mm-hmm. and this says, uh, just read the ones you feel like. There's nothing that happens if you read them all, all of them. <laughs> Even though now I, I didn't read all of them. Maybe he's lying. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I didn't want to go search them all out, but maybe something does happen. Yeah. I would you still know? revile a collect-a-thon just the way I would revile being forced to wait for an hour. Oh, yeah. Me, <laughs> me too. But I just mean, like, maybe, it, you know, gives further lie to his yeah. understanding. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Davey says, yeah, this is the first game that he saw Coda working on uh, when he went to this game jam in Sacramento, uh, where he grew up. Uh, and he even kind of admits or says in a half joking way, like, you know, maybe I was a little bit too, uh, too excited um, about, about, about seeing this, you know, but just uh, about making friends with Coda about, uh, you know, what a good idea this was, because he had never seen anybody working on something like this before. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so he sees this game, he, his interpretation is that this is Coda uh, expressing his loneliness. He's making something to let him be known. You know, you'd be able to get all these little individual windows into him, but he doesn't have to socialize with people. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, a, a, a more obvious read, especially given the tone of the notes, is this is about, like, anxiety about having a crowd react to your work, you know? Like, yeah. This is just trying to get the poison out, <laughs> you know, of people. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the, like, these are the, this is my own kind of insecurity about how somebody would feel when they see this. Right. Or, or just a commentary on like art games. True. As kind of a thing. Like this does feel all of the things that the people say that are dismissive are not just like, this is bad art. They're like, what's the point of this? Mm-hmm. Somebody says like, when do you get the gun? Oh, you yeah, know, stuff yeah. like that. There's an element of this that could also be read as, uh, you know, Nobody, nobody understands this. People are asking the wrong questions. Yeah. You know, when they get into art. But again, we don't know. Nope. All those are valid. Uh, there's just one that's codified by this game. Yeah. Because uh, Davey made the game. Yeah. I bring up, I bring up the, 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 my alternative read on this because Davey, again, is very obviously expressing his own loneliness, right? There's kind of a yeah. reflexiveness or a bit of a recur- recursiveness uh, because he sees these as a window in a coda. Um, you know, it, because he also is looking for connection, right? That's text later. Like Coda literally just says, yeah, your interpretations of the interpretations of this say more about you than me, mm-hmm. you know, which is true of a lot of interpretations. True. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the space has become kind of more winding and you start hearing these whispers and Davy starts talking about the puzzle, uh, <laughs> there. Um, he says, you know, that each game represents an idea that Coda had when he was working on it. And the puzzle that he has is a way of closing the door on one chapter of his life before moving on. He's completed that idea, put it in the puzzle, uh, and then move on to the next. It has this dark room between the two that acts as a buffer where you stop, reflect, and put things into perspective before moving on from that idea. Yeah. Uh, which, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like, again, follows, works as an equation. Yes. Uh, you get to this yeah. final room, uh, which is full of typewriters. Uh, you know, the sound of the typing is overwhelming. Uh, and then there's the lamppost here. Uh, and okay. there is text dialogue uh, demanding, uh, you know, someone who we cannot see demanding that we speak kind of over and over again, kind of shouting in text. Yes. Uh, this moves us on to Escape, which was released in the May-June corridor of 2009. 
uh, begins with a title card that says porn stars die too. Um, Davey says, Hey, this one's tough. Like this is going to spin its wheels for a little bit, but just hang with it. Stuff will start to make sense. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And we are in this small living room that is full of kind of this modern furniture. Uh, these are assets that we're going to see over and over again, because this isn't just one game. It is several made kind of iterating on the same idea um, over a period of time. Uh, we can look out the window to see the small yard with a well in it. And kind of there's this uh, pounding bass in the, in the music track that we're hearing. And all we yeah. can do is find this way into the basement uh, through a hallway to get to the bottom of the well where we're locked in. Yeah. Davy says that Coda at this point got fixated on this prison house and this well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different versions of this game. Um, we get, we go through uh, different versions of this eventually. Um, you know, we get this uh, little dialogue prompt here asking what furniture that we want to put in the room. Uh, so we go up to these blank spaces and choose a piece of furniture. Uh, we have these comedy answers, but whatever we pick, the same furniture goes in the same places. <laughs> um, as this happens, the walls expand outward, showing this big maze of stacked furniture assets. And Davey says, this is just weird for weirdness's sake. And he shunts <laughs> us to the next version. Um, we don't do the maze again because Davey doesn't get it. Doesn't no. think it should be got. Nope. Not even worth our time. Um, this next one, we're given kind of a series of instructions about how to escape this prison, almost a escape room kind of stuff, you know, go on, turn, turn on this lamp. It's almost t- exactly tranquility lane from oh, yeah. fallout three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, go, 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 go and straighten this portrait, go and, uh, turn this lamp on and off stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we go into the actual jail, uh, the first piece of furniture we need to tweak isn't there. So, uh, we cannot escape. Um, we do a few more. These all had different kind of impossible escapes. And uh, Davey is really freaking out about this. Mm-hmm. Davey's like, it was really hard to see somebody just absolutely unraveling through their work. Yeah. You know, uh, the reason why he's churning through these prison ideas is he didn't have the mechanism to stop and move on. He couldn't do the the puzzle room and get to the blank space. You know, if that's why he does whenever he moves on from this idea, this idea must have been very pervasive. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was no way out of it. There was no escape from this loop. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he is very, again, to, to me, doing my read, Davy is very clearly like looking through somebody's sketchbook um, and seeing other places where a page was torn out or stuff was crossed through, you know, when the person messed up yeah. or wanted to move on. Like, just, ah, I need to get this right. Dang it. He's looking at all of this incomplete stuff, wondering what it means, what it means as he was iterating uh, and instead seeing it as this uh, this existential crisis, because to him, Coda is nothing but his ideas and his execution. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a puzzle to solve. Of course. Um, and if we finally get to the prison idea that worked, um, I mean, paradoxically, because the prison is not in it. Yes. Uh, you go down this short garden path to this clearing as a lamppost. Uh, our first clue this maybe is not real. Uh, there's a phone booth. We talk to it. We uh, we talk to a version of ourselves stuck in the past that's stuck in the prison. Mm-hmm. You know, referencing all of these things. In addition to it being like um, a notebook with crossed out versions, it could also be. Uh, it reminded me a little bit his interpretation of how some people will interpret from soft games. Oh yeah. How FromSoft games will do kind of erasures sometimes, to, and I think that this is, if not intentional for this purpose, uh, mm-hmm. creates this effect in a way that's valid, where it creates a feeling of mystery by, like, taking a, a page of text and then, like, erasing, you know, every third line. Yeah. You know, to create this ambiguity. Like, this final version that Davey says is the working version of this refers to things that you don't know about, but maybe that's what makes it interesting, mm-hmm. you know, to Coda. 
Yeah. Um, you know, was the idea it needed to have that groundwork that you don't see. Yes. To give it a sense of lived inness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and Davey, as you're, you know, talking on the phone, uh, kind of answering questions about, you know, trying to give your past self advice, right, for how you got out of this maze, says that he thinks that these games are Coda talking with himself. Um, and I didn't love this. Uh, he's talking to himself and just wishing he had somebody that he could get good advice from, you know, someone to tell him yep. that things are going to be okay. Coda should just talk to me. Yeah. I can you help know, you out. Me, Davey. You, you were looking for an yeah. idea guy. Come on. <laughs> that would have made me feel good. Uh, this was on the house, which is uh, 2009. Uh, Davy says this is a game where Coda stopped talking to himself and starts talking to someone else. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you walk mid, into this very mid, mid, you know, mid 2009. That's when he would have met uh, when he would have met Davy. So yeah, yeah, that's why he he feels like this. Uh, out of all the games, it's just worth as a basic level. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of all these little art games, this one's my favorite. Oh yeah. Uh, this I, I think that if I had played this, I would have also come to an interpretation, not what Coda would have thought, but I feel mm-hmm. like this speaks to me as oh, being, yeah. uh, you know, uh, rich. Yeah, this is this is coherent and resonant. Yeah. Yes. You walk into this modern house on the side of this uh, snowy mountain, and there's a person, their face says clean on their head. Uh, they're a house cleaner, and they're like, hey, are you going to help me or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they tell you over, uh, tell you to walk around to clean certain things. You just click on them. Mm-hmm. You click on them to turn them from the dirty to the clean version. Yeah. Uh, and while this is happening, uh, he starts kind of philosophically talking about keeping a clean house is good for your soul. Yes. Uh, but you can never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, things, despite nobody being in the room, all of your work is consistently undone. Yeah. Uh, through here. Mm-hmm. And they end um, up repeating. And Davey. You know, it says, oh, this represents a peaceful time in Coda's life. We seemed happy all the time. To me, this game screams <laughs> unhappiness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the idea, like, again, if I'm just interpreting for me, like, I'm not putting it onto any creator. Mm-hmm. But if I just played this game as was, I would be like, oh, this is really bleak. Yeah. You know, uh, having somebody tell you that keeping a clean house is keeping a clean soul. And you are literally stuck in an eternity of doing the same chores over and over in pursuit of that. Mm-hmm. And you can never get there. Yeah. Like there's some truth to that and some beauty, but also some sadness. Yeah. It's a real, yeah. it's a really melancholy thing. Um, and yeah. also just like what the person is describing is kind of something that you would never get. Like it's an, ex- it's an experience it's a feeling that you would never get just by doing this version of it. Right. The yes. idealized version that the person in the game is talking about. Uh, and instead in the yeah. game, it is just this, you know, infinitely repeating, you know, just kind of plate spinning kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it was infinite mm-hmm. in the original version. Uh, we don't find that out until later. Uh, at this point, the music stops and uh, the cleaner disappears. And uh, Davy says, you have to move on because you can always have to move on. Yeah. Staying still artistically is death. Uh, you know, and the door up at the top has opened and sends you up there. Um, we'll later find out that never happened. No. In the original version. No. Um, it did just go on forever. Mm-hmm. And Davey can't even just bring himself to say, oh, this would have gone on. This would have gone on forever. Um, you know, because that is not as useful to him as putting in his own version of this, which is that you have to move on. You have to keep on. You have to yes. see the next thing. Yep. Which is uh, definitely him projecting. Yeah. You know, Coda is satisfied with something as it is. Davy is the one who is continuously pulling at the threads.
this moves us on to lecture in uh, September 2009. Items you love at members only prices. Uh, the the yep. title card says. Uh, and Davey, you know, I, I like saying, hey, this one's just a little bit more goofy, although it is incredibly horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's goofy at all. No. <laughs> uh, again, just, you know, at this point, uh, you're in this lecture hall. Uh, it's empty. There's an instructor in front of you. Um, and the lecturer starts lecturing you on becoming perfect. You know, think of a person uh, that makes you feel disgusting in comparison to them, and this will make you like them. Uh, and you kind of flit around to different members of the audience until eventually your perspective shifts and you're the professor. Yeah. And the back wall of the lecture hall was never there. You couldn't turn around mm-hmm. when you were one of the students. Uh, it is this gigantic screaming eye of Sauron black hole thing. <laughs> yep. Just a howling void <laughs> that you are speaking to, uh, you know, as yeah. all of the seats are empty, uh, extolling, extolling the virtues of being perfect with no effort. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you can continue to lecture on topic, but you also have tons of just jokes mm-hmm. you can make and, and goofiness uh, that you can say. And, uh, the, you know, Devi at this point says, oh, this is really relatable. You know, you realize somebody you idolized only seen that way because you never notice the small details around them that make them human. <laughs> uh, it, that is, it's such a overread and a stretch yeah. of this, you know. <laughs> You never get a sense of idolizing the professor no. from that. That is 100% Davey just mapping this on to his bullshit with Coda. It feels incredibly disdainful of the professor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like. yeah. Uh, and I, one of the things I love about this game is how it, you know, it, it portrays its, its theming and it, its twist before the twist. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is just true. It's evidently true if you stop to think about it, but it's very easy. And I did the first time I played this of just going along for the ride. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in good hands. Like, tell me what's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you know, this guy better critic. than me. I, I will, I will trust you to, uh, to convey, right. You've obviously thought a lot about this, so I want to hear. Yeah. P- P- Patreon.com slash TV. <laughs> Patreon.com slash TV. Our whole lives are lies. Uh, <laughs> Moving on to uh, theater, which is January 2010 here. Yes. Uh, and DV again, is condescending about this. Uh, he's like, this, you know, this took months and months to make. You know, the games are slowing down, as we'll see from these dates. Uh, but Davey says, actually, it's real simple, though. Yeah. So uh, here. You step out uh, onto a stage um, and this unseen director uh, saying, hey, you're going to be playing as me. You're playing a scene from my life. Uh, you're at this professional event, you know, it's like a conference or something like that. Uh, and there is this animal photographer that you idolize. You also want to be an animal, uh, an animal photographer. Um, and you have to walk through the scene of talking to her and making kind of your impression. You know, this is, this could be the moment your entire life hinges on. Yes. Uh, you get these, these dialogue options, but none of them are correct. Every single time you say something, the director yells at you for blowing it. Mm-hmm. Eventually between you and the person, these pinball bumpers, uh, bounce up that bounce away when you touch them. You know, these represent other people at the conference. Uh, I can't remember if Davey says that, or if they just, I think they made me think the noise of it, yeah. but they act like pinball bouncers. Like you'll bounce off. Yeah. If you touch them, uh, the director's like, no, 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 no. This isn't how I felt. Let me try something different. He removes the backdrop from the stage and we see the lamp. Um, and I love this because uh, we go towards the lamp mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, if Davey placed this lamp here to make us go, that is him doing armchair game design. Yeah. 
afterwards, you know. Uh, once you go there, a series of cages close behind you, <laughs> uh, pushing you further and further from the uh, the stage yeah. where the person is. You know, and who knows if that was actually your intention. Like, this could be a lose state. If you step back from the stage, you know, you are further yeah. locked out from it. And the further you go, the more impossible it is to get back to that moment or get back to other people. It's very anxiety inducing. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Davy says, oh, this is, you know, this presages something that will soon happen to Coda. You know, this, this, I, the solution that he has to social anxiety needing, uh, and needing to perform is to lock yourself away. Uh, Coda stopped making games for another five months. And I think that's really unhealthy. You know, <laughs> his it's... games are telling me to connect with him, yeah. but he's been retreating. Yeah. And I don't think or it's they've so... been retreating. It's <laughs> worth noting Coda's gender is not. Yes. Uh, pointed out. And there are elements where, uh, like there are reads of this that I've read that Davy is literally like a stalker. Like this is oh, about yeah. stuff that happens to lady game devs. Huh? Uh, when somebody takes a patronizing interest. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the game contains that. I, feel, I, think, I think that that that's valid. I feel real. Uh, I, I feel real bad. It's real. Like, uh, I, I didn't solve the, uh, Oh, I can't operate on this person because they are my son. Uh, I kind of, kind of fell for that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's, well, you know, that's unflattering. <laughs> there's, there's a melted icicle on the floor though. I'll make you feel better, buddy. <laughs> um, I didn't think the doctor would be a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, that, I, that's you know that's bias that's our fault but it's also yeah a, a lifetime of bias as well we're working on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but no that is a very good read I, I i like that quite a bit but um i, I don't think that it's overreading. um and uh, I, I definitely think it's part of the part of the text here which is that coda wasn't withdrawing from the world he was withdraw withdrawing from 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 davy Right. Or they were yeah. with, withdrawing from Davy. Um, Coda wasn't stopping making games because they were falling into a depression. They were stopping making games because Davy made it not fun, not fun for them to create. Right. And well, I, this is overeating, but I can definitely see the director as Davy. Right. <laughs> like yeah. the, the director just constantly saying, and no, that's not right. Come on. No, just do this. Like trying to guide you through criticism and guide you through kind of putting their own read on it. Right. Well, Coda also says that it, the, these laws are just natural as well. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, it's Davy sucking, absolutely sucking balls, but also, <laughs> uh, it's just, this happens. Yeah. You know, it takes a while before a new idea comes, you know, that's art Yeah, for you. Uh, this moves on to June 2010 with a game called Mobius. Yeah. Um, it begins with prompts as the, the proper way to play this game is you close your eyes, uh, to play, press any button to begin. Um, you cannot play it no. while you, uh, while you close your eyes, uh, there and Davey eventually will tell you like, Hey, open your eyes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The only way to win this is to, is to uh, to, to cheat. Yep. Uh, so you open your eyes and he says like, Hey, there is a, a solution. Um, the ship is on a collision course with this gigantic door. Uh, the puzzle door is heading towards us in space. <laughs> I love that. It's the puzzle door. Yep. Um, so we have to find our way to this elevator and go up to this catwalk. There's a figure staying there uh, by a lamppost. Uh, Davy put there as the, you know, that's where the solution goes. Mm -hmm. uh, saying, you know, if you want to get through this, you have to speak something true. Um, and your options all have to do with creating games. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I am bursting with creative energy. Uh, I can't keep making these. My work is always fun. Yeah. Two lies and a truth. Uh, yep. 
uh, and you have to you say the negative one at that point, uh, and the the door in front of you stops. Mm-hmm. The uh, you no longer it's no longer going to crash into you. Yeah. Uh, and then the conversation continues, and all of these are about burnout and about wanting to quit. Uh, and Davy expresses uh, his concern in the, uh, in the in the narration. You know, Code has never been this direct with the messages before, uh, and kind of asks, you know, like, "Where's this coming from?" Like, I didn't see this. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, at the time, uh, Koda would deflect his concerns there. And he's like, here, "Here is the point in the relationship where I started to wonder if he really need if Koda really needed my help." No, in some way, uh, we switch over to Island. Uh, we're almost we're almost out of games here. Uh, in twenty, uh, this came out in twenty ten. Yes, uh, here, um, and uh, you start out in a void, uh, and every time you talk, like you get these little prompts, a new island pops up with a bridge. Yeah, and we walk over to the new island, and the old one disappears. Mm-hmm. And this voice asks, "Hey, are you lost?" And all the questions are about your work. Um, and like, this is, this is one of the areas where it started really pulling on my heartstrings here. Cause just so many of these, I mean, just like, God, there was a machine that kept me going and it stopped like, yeah. fuck how uh, that relatable hashtag. Yeah. That I, yeah. I, I, I'm making a joke about it because I do the hashtag joke because no, I feel that too deeply. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, you know, trying to find this engine that protected me to start this thing again. Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, and this voice says, uh, it will lead you to that machine if you can help them solve the puzzle. Uh, and DV, uh, at this point butts in and says like, you know, these games are remarkable. No matter how frustrated Coda got, he was still making them occasionally. So I could tell that he was real. they were really suffering, but yeah. these were still coming out, mm-hmm. you know, they represent his isolation, uh, his, you know, sitting in this bubble and not releasing these games to the internet. <laughs> Don't hide your light under a bushel, man. Yeah, come on, Coda. <laughs> Expose them to thousands of Davies, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and when you get to the end of this, you know, the voice is there, you know, because you are trying to teach the voice, you do not uh, put the solution in yourself. Uh, you actually give the instructions uh, to the uh, um, to, to the to the voice. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Davy comes in and says, you know, you can't talk your way out of loneliness. It doesn't work that way. You can't be the one writing the questions and the answers. Then there's no movement, no circulation. If all your anxieties are being channeled into your work and your work ever fails, the only option is to crash. Which is, yeah, not a healthy relationship with creative output. Horribly unhealthy. (laughs) Like everything, be not unto Davy in this (laughs) Dear God, the fiction, the fictional version of Davy in this is the exact opposite of how to be a human being. Right. It's very relatable, mm-hmm. but don't do it. The, <laughs> your, your goal in human life is to be the opposite of what Davy is in this. Mm-hmm. Your mission, uh, <laughs> should you choose to accept it? <laughs> yes. Uh, that is the way to be. Yeah. Cause he's modeling extremely unhealthy behavior. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Davy says he was really upset when he saw this game. You know, video games are not worth this amount of suffering. You know, like just oh my gosh, yeah. he's, he's torturing himself by making or Coda's tor- torturing themselves by making this. Uh, and uh, Davy says I needed more than I ever needed anything for this to stop. Like we just uh, yeah. did, Davy made it his personal mission to get Coda out of this rut. Uh, at the end of this game, you you know, there's no machine. You go into a room with these walls that have text from the previous previous games mm-hmm. and uh to start the machine you lie 
You yeah. Know, hey, game development is easy and fun all the time. The walls break away, revealing more words. Yeah. Uh, and you continue to lie at yeah. this until you see the prison. Um, and there's a woman lying on this couch crying. Uh, this woman does not have a, uh, a box. box face. Yeah. It's the only person in the game without a box face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you approach, the game closes. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the uh, text on the walls is from the previous games um, and mm-hmm. uh, acknowledges the choices that you have made there, this very much feels like this is a Davy inclusion. And the fact that the previous game had you, um, you know, t- tell the truth to save yourself and, and stop careening toward the puzzle wall. And this one is the only way to win is to lie, to tell the version of the lie that is, uh, uh, that is, you know, Davy's preferred version. Uh, in order to in order to progress really makes it feel like this is not coda's work yeah yeah i uh or like the other thing i thought about with this and this was part of the like davy is harassing a female dev yeah interpretation that i've seen is that this is davy breaking in on coda yes. like coda put coda in here mm-hmm. for Davey to continue to to push through oh, the yeah. walls of this too you know, to get past that boundary. Yeah. There. Um, it is, it is difficult to say for sure, mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely feels cut and dry in a, uh, a very Davy way. Yeah. 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 Uh, this moves on to machine, uh, in 2011. Here, uh, you play an interrogator, um, walking to this door of this prison and you have to go interrogate the machine. They have the machine. <laughs> uh, the machine is named Coda. Yes. Yeah, of course. So you walk in um, and you have to pass through this hall that is full of press. They've got cameras and microphones asking questions like, hey, are we going to get to the machine? Can we see the machine? What's the machine have to say? You know, can you get some answers? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get there uh, and it is this large car engine in this room. So you, when you get there, you ask it uh, questions. You ask why it stopped. Um, and then you start criticizing it for stopping, you know, abusing it for stopping. Mm hmm. Uh, and then you admit that you feel alone and abandoned because it stopped. Yeah. Uh, that engine kind of can be Coda and you can be Davy in mm-hmm. this, whether Coda made this or Davy made this. Yeah. Uh, eventually you say like, all right, you're not going to apologize. I'll be, I'll apologize on behalf, on your behalf. You step out of the press and you do this speech. Uh, if Coda made this, this is a brutal condemnation of Davy. Oh yeah, <laughs> Go, going out and speaking, speaking for them when they cannot speak themselves or have chosen not to. Um, yep. you know, and just kind of said like the demanding a justice that is in no way his. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you when you do this, you have this this set of different dialogue, but all of it is very fascistic. <laughs> My followers, um, I have a troubling revelation. <laughs> yeah, it, it's real like the bad dialogue option in Frostpunk to yeah. say like at the end, you know, uh, you've chosen the order path uh, too far. Uh, when you get through this, you say we will destroy everything the machine created uh, and you go through this door to the stage. You have a machine gun. But now when you shoot, you break the level. Yeah, uh, you destroy the level, creating this white void uh, around you. <laughs> And so, and you're flashing through a bunch of different, a bunch of the previous things, um, that, uh, previous experiments or whatever. And I love Davy's line here. Um, as you are literally playing as Davy, destroying these things with a gun, Davy says, so now the work is becoming self-destructive. Like, oh, you're being a little silly. I'm talking to a toddler. Yeah. 
it's, 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 uh, you know, Coda's stuck in his head, and all he needs is to start showing people his work again. Uh, you know, again, he thinks he has the solution right. at this point. Uh, so this is when Davy says, like, I'm going to take initiative. That's when I decided to take initiative. I saw this game, so I compiled all the games to show them to people. Uh, and people loved them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing for Coda to be afraid of. Uh, this is great. Uh, this is a real observation thing. The idea of sometimes somebody will do something for themselves and people will project onto them that it's only fear of failure. Right. That stops them from doing it. But uh, that is a projection. Mm-hmm. You know, that is something, the reason why, you know, you might do something because you're afraid of failure. But lots of people, you know, choose to keep work to themselves, not because of fear or failure, but because it's just, it's more secret to them because of that, or because they don't feel the need to. That's not what they get out of it. Because it's theirs, you know, you, yeah. you often don't publish your journal or your diary, right? Yeah. You know, or I even, don't, I mean, you can also do creative work for yourself or for your friends. Right. You know, Coda initially showed this to his friends mm-hmm. or he, their friends. I keep doing <laughs> the, the male gender as well, but it's, it's a, uh, their friends. We don't know. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> But like, no, ultimately you, you own your work unless you give it to, unless you give it to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just in, it is, that is yours. It's sacred. And to have that trust betrayed, that's uh, man, it's a real shitty thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, eventually you, you shoot through the floor and you fall, uh, through this big version of the puzzle door and end up in a hallway with the machine. Uh, it says to put down your weapon, but we draw our gun and shoot at it. Yeah. Uh, instead. Uh, and Davy says, Hey, can you see why, you know, I thought this was the right thing to do? You know, uh, <laughs> getting defensive. Like, yeah. He's very defensive. You know, he wants this, this validation. He wants to, uh, other people to think his work is good. So he thinks other people need that as well. Yes. You know, I need it. So Coda must need it. You know, when someone really connects with this thing that I made, when they see something purely, uh, when they see themselves purely in my work, there's nothing that feels better, which yeah. is ascribing to other people, you know, or other creators, you know, like that's not the only goal that you can have is to get other people to f- to see or feel themselves, you know, in something that you're communicating. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cynical. Yeah. Um, so he wants to give that to his friend. You know, but he, he even at this point understands like he can't say outright he did something good. Yeah. Like he did something that made him feel good, you know, by fixing Coda's problem and, and being the savior, you know. And then he has this moment of self-reflection. He's like the praise that people gave Coda's games uh, made me feel good. Yeah. You know, the best this best feeling, these interpretations yeah. uh, that I'm doing. This is where this is as mean, you know, to critics as it can be. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, you know, the idea that there's there's a reading of this that is about how davy didn't do anything right you know and he was just getting this attention and the artist was not yeah uh there which you know obviously we don't agree with that or we wouldn't make this our job (laughs) but that is a a perspective that some people have i don't necessarily i'm not attributing that to davy Reedon, the creator right right uh, at all i just think it's one personal or one possible read of this this game Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's about something way more specific than just the general act of criticism you know, it's like, yeah, it, it could even be like down to fandom too. like, aren't I good because, you know, don't I have great taste? Shouldn't people think well of me because I found this thing or I knew this thing or I was associated with this thing. Right. Yeah. I, I think that it does end up becoming more specific when we get into the next chapter. Yeah. At some point, uh, 
you know, in addition to being about criticism or fandom, it's also about external validation. Yes. Uh, as the only uh, possible driver for anything. <laughs> yeah, the only motivation, the only the, the, the only currency that we'll spend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we get into the last uh, last real game of the thing. I don't really know who made the epilogue game or what that's about. Right. Uh, we'll get into that, I guess. Uh, but the last game, uh, this is in June uh, 2011, and according to uh, Davies' knowledge, is the last game Coda made. Yes. Um, it's a private link. That code is sent directly to Davy, right? And we're in this big concrete structure. Um, we're looking for this tower, and Davy says that you know he can't say anything meaningful about this so far. It's just a distant and cold game. Uh, and in a way, he's right. Like this entire game is an obstacle, an obstacle that is made not to dissuade, not to dissuade Davy uh, from getting through it, uh, but to you know, it's made with full knowledge that Davy is going to get past, get past all of this, get through the coldness and the distance, and you know, kind of prove just like yes, you are going way too far in order to hurt me. That's what it is. No matter yeah. how hard I try and make it, no matter how I, no matter how I try to make you understand, you still just force through it blindly and um, brutishly. Yeah, and and before he says that, he makes him do it. Yes. It's actually really deft oh, of, yeah. of this character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you uh, go through this area, you eventually end up in an invisible maze. Whenever you touch a wall of this maze, the screen flashes red and you start over. Yeah, uh, that's obnoxious. <laughs> you know, but again, it's meant to be. And Davy says, you know, this game goes beyond not wanting to be played. It despises the player for wanting to play it at all. Mm -hmm. But Davy can put a bridge over it. Yep. He bypasses this this authorial intent. Uh, you know, to be fair, this is not like the first game that needs some modification to be playable. You know, the house cleaning game that would loop chores forever. You know, still, I have the ability to end it. Still playable. The cell that you were locked in for an hour, playable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, uh, and him admitting this later is great. Yes, <laughs> you know there, there's this huge element of this that uh, the degree to which I'm still able to have sympathy for the Davy character is that to the degree that which he's lying to himself. Yes, you know it's it's the part that like I do think that there's a minimal level of self awareness and kind of responsibility that you should have to be a better friend than this certainly, but also just be a better human being. Yeah, uh, than this, but. Uh, He's working. He doesn't know. No. You know, he's he's not operating fully cognizant no. of the things he's doing yet. He's just charging blindly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the, 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 the house cleaning would have uh, would have looped, you know, but that game had an idea that it was trying to convey. Right. You clean forever. <laughs> so yeah. what's what's the idea behind this invisible maze? What's trying to be communicated? Just not getting just like with the collection of playable games, quote unquote. Right. Just not getting yeah. the message and what was being you know sent there, uh, even though it was shouted through a bullhorn. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the next challenge is the six-digit combination lock. There are no hints for. Mm. Uh, Davy is like, yeah, you you just have to brute force this. It's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Uh, he puts the combination on the ground for you, so you don't have to. But that's the only way to get through that. Uh, the next challenge is this room with a door, and the switch is actually on the other side. <laughs> you know, you could, you could beat the maze, you could beat this combination thing. You literally can't beat this. Yeah. And, you, you know, this is Coda saying to Davey, like, oh, okay, so uh, 
<laughs> even if you play within the rules and I make it as uh, uh, impossible for you to, you know, get through it uh, like in, a, in the way a normal person would, uh, you know, this is me also telling you, I know you're getting in there and fucking around with my shit. Right. Yep. Like, I know that you're going to just get in here and look at the files anyway and bypass my intent. So, yes, this is impossible, but you're going to you're going to break outside of the bounds anyway. So why, you know, this, again, get it, kind of getting the person to incriminate themselves by showing that they know how to unlock the door. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, in one of the things I think this game does, you know, one of the reads of this game is I do think that there is a read of this game that's a condemnation of people who try to solve art. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Davy modeling all of the worst behavior, Davy says, I feel like a failure, I guess, when I can't fix the problem. <laughs> uh, tons of people just look at all human creation that way. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about it a lot on the show how irritated I am when people try to solve conversations like equations or try to solve anything like an equation. You yeah. know, like things are messy. Uh, and, you know, being right about what something actually is canonically is not very valuable. No, uh, I don't think it's, it's been, it's coming up obviously a lot now that we've uh, been re-energized in bonfireside chat, mm -hmm. not with us, but in my YouTube algorithms, which is now absolutely full of like, you know, the Elden ring timeline explained yeah. uh, things like that. Like I'll go on there. I don't think it actually matters when America and Radagon, you know, when that happened. Right. Uh, without spoiling it. Like, I don't think the timeline of it actually matters that much. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like not seeing the forest for the trees. Uh, but there are a lot of people who feel like a failure if they can't fix problems. Right. You know, let go of that shit. Mm -hmm. It's not good for you. <laughs> don't be unto Davy. <laughs> Do not be unto Davy. The specifics oftentimes are not necessary when something is working in a thematic mode, right? When you're yep. not listening for the sound, like it's just kind of enough to be there in the in the, in the echoes, right? Yeah. Davy could have gone through these games, not this one up until this point, because this only <laughs> works if Davy gonna Davy, but just feel the things you feel around it, chew on the ideas. Mm-hmm. And then go about your life. It's a little bit like what uh, uh, people say about, uh, like, if you see a little kid drawing something, um, we're like, like, hey, how should you how should you respond to this? Right. Like, mm -hmm. you not go up and ask, like, oh, is that a dog? You know, like, you actually just need to say, like, oh, that's good. Can, to, to tell me about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Open-ended questions. Yes, as opposed yeah. as opposed to imposing, uh, imposing a read or imposing a standard that could possibly be failed uh, just because you arbitrarily said it. Are you drawing that because you feel like you're in a creative rut, <laughs> and, and you feel like you can't connect to people? I, I notice, Is that why you're drawing that dog? I notice you're drawing the same uh, the the same house. You know the 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 two windows on the top and the door and the chimney with the big smiling oh. sun. Is the sun smiling because you can't smile? Is it because you yeah. feel? Is, <laughs> yeah. Is there a moon on the other side of this that is crying? Uh, what if you drew that? I would draw that because that's how I feel, little kid. You know that that is the definition of the kind of patronizing that David Davy is doing uh -huh. uh, here. You know, uh, he eventually like he opens the door for you, you know, uh, and he's starting talking about, you know, talking about himself and his experience of playing this game. Mm -hmm. He's like, he played this. And he can't get it at all. And it makes him feel like a failure. You know, he's playing this game for the first time and he's thinking, I don't even know the person who made this. 
And he's portraying that sentence like it's a tragedy instead of the point. Yes. You know, you know they, 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 this is absolutely what Coda is saying, which is you've not you like you've not actually listened to the things that I have told you. You've only yeah. decided, you know, even though we talk, you've only decided to relate to me through my through, through my art. You have placed that above me as a person. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, I love the uh, this bit here where he's like, uh, you know, he he talks about. Uh, he had been begging Coda to tell him what the games meant. And so what do the three dots mean? Um, in the earlier games, there's a subtle motif of, of three dots in a couple of the games, uh, that aren't commented on by, uh, by, by Davey. Mm -hmm. Uh, and some, in some games they're not there and we don't know if they've been removed. Right. Uh, or if this is what the lamp post replaced. Oh yeah. You know, as a, as a thing, like this is the thing that, that matters, not your recurring thing. Mm -hmm. my recurring things <laughs> again just an overwriting and a willful overwriting um and davy's saying you know i just thought that if i could connect with him if i could just make his work my own i could finally be once and for all happy uh gotta love that once and for all happy like that's a thing you could be or that's a thing yep. you could find you know through somebody else in this way or that you could ask of somebody else i'm mad at this person that is made up. Yeah, Davy <laughs> Dave sucks in this. Uh, huge again model for not how not to be. Yeah. Continuing, I needed to see myself in someone else. I needed to be someone other than me. And then asking, where did I screw up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get to the top of this tower. Here's the the big big moment of this. Yeah. Uh, and you get you're in like a museum of you know, statements on wall pieces with little velvet ropes around them. <laughs> uh, and it begins, it's a message directly from Coda to Davy and says, you know, thank you for your interest in my games. I need to ask you not to speak to me anymore. Uh, devastating. First time I saw this, yeah. I just got punch, you know, identifying with Davy. Also, all the people who think this is real go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he include this? You idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's so weird. Uh -huh. Did you not play the whole game? <laughs> like it's very short. Wow. If, you just, if you stopped it uh, the uh, half hour in, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to hear the end of any sentences. <laughs> it, it's really weird that people don't get it by the yeah. end of this. I, I, I mean, you, you want to think that people are acting in good faith, but like it has to be a put on, right? It has I to. Don't, I. I don't think that about anything anymore. I guess. Whenever anyone is like, oh, this has to be fake, it's certainly not. There are enough <sighs> shitty people out there and idiots yeah. to think anything. Right. Uh, there is no bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> happened with the recent, like, the, uh, oh, Elden Ring players, fuck off. Like, we've been with from from the beginning or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, and someone's like, oh, this has to be, like, many people on Twitter were like, oh, this has to be fake. Yeah. Why? No. What gives you that faith in humanity that, like... Yeah. You don't think there are these idiots online? <laughs> You've never ran into you them know? before? <laughs> and then there'll be people who are like, hey, before uh, you make fun of this, how do we know it's real? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't want to get into that that kind of forensics case on every no. single thing that ever pops up online. <laughs> to, to, you know? to, to a degree, saying this makes me angry, not because it's real, but because it's the kind of thing they would say. Like, no, that's yeah, not yeah. what we're doing. Uh, it's not just being like, okay, uh, but just a man. Uh, no, you know, down down that path leads no, never responding to anything. Right. 
you know, if you're just like, oh, they might, it might not be real. They might just be joking or whatever. Like, nah, I I choose not to live in the world where I have to consider whether somebody is pretending to be an asshole for, for jokes Mm -hmm. versus being an asshole before having an emotional reaction. Right. Um, yeah. And I can choose my uh, reality. I can choose to believe that somebody had a heart attack after they tased their balls on January the 6th, right? They probably did tase their balls, yeah. or at least one of them. <laughs> but the balls are connected by a thread, so if you tase one, <laughs> it's like the domino power in Dishonored 2. <laughs> yeah, if you tase one <laughs> ball, the other one's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty awesome. It, I was able to speedrun my vasectomy because of the domino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, the balls are kind of like elephants that's the only part of yeah. your body that can that can grieve yeah it's also the part that never forgets when, when my sack was opened up and this this rich smoke came out and the outsider came out with his arms crossed and <laughs> <laughs> what's that like to live deliciously <laughs> what's that like to ah, nut inside without consequences and I have been living deliciously. Uh, all kinds of blanks. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Love a non-potent seed. No, that's projection. Um, yeah. The uh, I, I hey now when I project, I don't have to worry about getting anyone pregnant. Heyo. Um. The uh, Coda continues here. <laughs> you know, it's like you think that I'm making my games just for you, uh, and you start putting things in there. You know, I start maybe. Uh, I started putting things in there just to give you to find. Maybe you are influencing me. Right. Like yeah. this incredible, unrelenting close read. Right. You know, so maybe, maybe that, that, that led to me putting thing, putting things there for you to find, you know, not because I wanted to put them there, but because I wanted there to be something for you to find. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, stop giving these to other people. Mm-hmm. Like that's ridiculous. You don't have the right to give this. It's not yours to give. You're violating a boundary that keeps me safe. Yes. You know. you know, well, you stop changing my games. Stop adding lampposts to them. Yeah, that's great. That's like <laughs> such a good moment because it's like, oh, it I casts, bought the lamppost hook, line, and sinker, of course. It, it casts everything into question. It's a, it's a real, yeah. it's a real load bearing, uh, kind of, uh, kind of line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as is happening, Davey's kind of having a breakdown protesting. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I felt like I was creating something really great when I was showing and valuable when I was showing off your work. Right. You know, Oh God, maybe you stopped making games because of me. Right. You know, I, I just, I poisoned it. Yeah. You know, and uh, when I had nothing left to show, I just had to be with myself. You know, I didn't have anything of my own. Maybe I didn't even, he didn't, he didn't say this. This is just me. Right. Like maybe I didn't exist without, without this other thing to reflect off of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Coda continues like part of the reason why I love this game is the brutality of it. Yeah. At the end, because we don't let Davey off the hook. No. Uh, for this for a while, you know, he's like, when I'm around you, I feel physically ill. Uh, you desperately need something and I cannot give it to you. I literally don't have it. Right. Uh, to give it up to you. I'm not depressed coming up with new ideas. Low points are just part of the process. The fact that you think I'm frustrated says more about you than me. Mm hmm. You know, and I love this, this last bit quite a bit. Like I realize this doesn't make sense to you. That's fine. You're not my problem to solve. So good. (laughs) Yeah. Incredibly healthy uh, attitude. Like you're not my problem to solve is a real advanced lesson Mm -hmm. uh, that I struggle with, you know, all the time. Yeah. You know, like that, that is a very human. I I want to, I want to help. 
If I'm not helping, yeah. then what am I doing? Right? Yeah. And sometimes it's, you know, knowing when it's your place to mm-hmm. is very important. Yeah. And it's it's this, the way that this is written and kind of the emotional int- intelligence that is displayed in the direct text that Coda is writing uh, to yeah. this terrible friend, you know, this kind of breakup letter of a kind. Um, that is what leads me to believe Coda is not nearly the recluse, not nearly the stunted person that Davy is portraying them as. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm hesitant with that just because I feel like knowing anything about Coda feels contrary to what the game is saying. You know, like in the text, that would be a valid read, but I do think this game has things to say about getting to know an artist from their work Mm -hmm. and how that is. We don't know the people who make stuff that we like. Uh, that's something I, I generally believe, and I and I think that uh, this game underlines that pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I just, I guess, I think you know the the fact that it is direct text that is being put here from the from the mouth of this particular fictitious character makes me feel a little bit um a little bit more confident in giving that read. Yeah, but also, who knows? Even if Coda is reclusive or wants to keep to themselves, uh, you, you know, that's fine. It's again, it's not Davy's problem to solve. Certainly not by publishing their work without permission. Yeah, right. It's all through the through the uh, through this unreliable lens of King should heal. Yes. It, somewhere in this is where he says something like, um, "I don't know what I would. I cannot imagine living without external validation." That's a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a you know incredible, uh, yeah. just in, incredible. Uh, do you, uh, yeah. Um. So uh, Davy's really upset about this, and he's kind of breaking down. <laughs> um, it's really hard to listen to. You yeah. know, the, the first time I heard this, it's it's very emotionally affecting. Yeah. You know, he's like, I, I did something really stupid because I don't like myself, and I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> know, it's it's not just like him realizing it's bad; he can't stop. Right. Uh, doing this shit. Yeah. And so you get to the puzzle, right? You know, you know, open it with a lever and then hit the lever and step through and then go inside. You know, when you're inside, hit the lever that appears. But when you hit the lever that appears on the inside, the other door doesn't open. You're stuck. You're in between. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he's saying, like, you know, I keep doing it. I'm, I'm releasing this collection of your work, even though I know you're, you don't want me to. I haven't been able to find another way to reach you. Like, if I do this, maybe you'll play it. Um, you know, and if enough people play this, uh, and like it, maybe you'll see it and I can say, I'm sorry. And if I apologize and it's true, maybe you can start making games again. You know, uh, he's reliant on this. He's, he's made this person is the key to him being okay. Yeah. You Put know. all his eggs in the coda basket. Yeah. And also feels that it is his right to be heard. Right. Like, okay, yes. I've, I've tried everything and I can't reach you. Not understanding that. Okay, the message did get there, but it, the, the, you can't reach a person who doesn't want to be reached. Coda wants yeah. nothing to nothing to do with you. This is a futile effort, and it is just more violence. It it makes the the stalker interpretation of this real creepy. Yeah, uh, it, it, and it comes up again. That's it's a relatable general thing. Like, how many times have we had somebody you know get cranky at us for something and ask us to change something, and we just say like, okay, noted, and then that's not like good enough, right? You know, they act as if sometimes people cannot handle the limits of their power. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I tried something. I didn't get the reaction I wanted. So I have to keep trying as opposed to accepting there are things that are not for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this version of Davy is so immensely self-centered. Yeah. Uh, 
in a literal sense to a degree that creates immense amounts of bile and disgust in me. Yeah. The idea that anything could not be for him is literally inconceivable. Yeah. To him. <laughs> Gross. Don't care for it. Don't yeah. care for it one bit. Um, yeah. and he's just ranting saying, I, I realize I'm doing something really awful here, but you know, please give me some of whatever it is that makes you complete. You were complete in some way that I never was. Please. I'm fading. And all I want to know is that I will be okay. Yeah. And then, uh, this closes and we get an epilogue, uh, here. If this were a real thing, there wouldn't be a bespoke epilogue. Nope. Game. <laughs> certainly, but, uh, not, certainly not with a, with a, with a, uh, uh, an ending that's that, that implies, um, self harm. Yeah. <laughs> And that has Wario in it. It's incredibly weird that they managed to get Wario just for this last epilogue. I mean, he books out years in advance. Yeah. The Wario cameo in this is just a true shocker. Yeah. Uh, I I did not get self-harm from oh, this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, well, uh, but again, I think that part of it is my feeling of... I was off board of interpretation. Yeah. I felt like the last chapter yelled at me to stop doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be a Davy. True. You know, you but, don't want to become the, the, you don't want to become the, the Davy to Davy's coda. Yeah. Well, also like, I'm not saying that Davy himself is saying this is how he really feels. I think that this is an implied end to the fictional Davy that it, it it's an implication about the fictional Davy that is here. Right. Especially if you interpret that, you know, okay, the previous one was a game, you know, like, okay, the, this was the last game that could ever made. It really feels like, okay, in the fiction of this, this would be this, this would be Dave, put, Davey putting his own coda on Dakota's work um, and kind of saying how he feels about himself about this ending. Right. Yeah. It's super depressed. I just didn't get self harm from it. Yeah. I got st stepping away from yeah. it and didn't go further than that. Like he says, he has work to do. Yeah. Uh, I don't assume he means in the hells of Hades. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe to, to me, I chose to interpret this as I contempt have contempt for this person, but it's possible that they are going to go do the therapy maybe. work and shit that they had to do because they realized something. Yeah. At this point, like it come, it feels like they have a realization mm -hmm. uh, at the end of this. Yeah. Maybe my, maybe um, my read is too bleak. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's mostly just you walk around this train station while he talks to you. There's really nothing to do in the level part of this. Right. Uh, uh, here. You know, you get to this manor house after taking a little train ride. Um, and Davy says, you know, just how he always needed more and more validation. Uh, just that is just a, a, a base desire, a need, a need for him. Uh, and he wishes that Coda, you know, <laughs> just said, uh, my prison games don't mean anything. I just like making these prison games. You know, yeah. if, if, if I knew that, if I could have read that, if, if I could have heard that instead of over reading into them, you know, this, this is a quote, I wouldn't have told so many people that he was depressed. Um, yeah. which is like, yeah, maybe don't go and say like, Oh, my friend is depressed because of the games they're making. <laughs> yeah. Don't diagnose other people. Yeah. In a general sense, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he says, you know, I know putting this out, I'm showing people that I'm a shit, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a bad person. Uh, as you're doing this, you're getting to more abstract kind of levels. Yeah. You walk into this dark room, you're in this cavern with like low ceilings and high floors. 
there. And he's, he's ruminating on being shitty. He's like, you know, this is where he says, I, I just literally can't conceive of what it'd be like not to be driven by external validation, right. which is the, the conclusion that we have about Coda. That is not Coda's drive. Right. You know, um, he, uh, he apologizes at this point. He says, I've got to leave. I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot to make up for and I'll, uh, and you can finish this game alone. Yeah. Um, the epilogue. Yeah. And um, we conclude walking through these abstract yeah. spaces in quiet, no narration, uh, you know, we're in this cavern, uh, and then we get to, uh, a long hallway, uh, that is from that, uh, space station from the, uh, from the ship earlier. Um, and we see the whisper drive beam, you know, in that game, you had to step into it to sacrifice yourself in order to save everybody else. And yes. the only way forward is to step into it. And instead of dying, instead of having the actual end that would have been built into the whisper, you know, escape from whisper, uh, you instead rise up. It replicates the bug, but you're rising up through the blackness um, under uh, the stars. And uh, out below you is this infinitely sprawling maze uh, in all directions. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end mm-hmm. of, uh, the beginner's guide. I, again, I may, I, again, I don't, I don't think that it eats self-harm, mm-hmm. but that's fine. It yeah. could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that this game specifically doesn't want us to do that. No. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, there's a lot to this game and a lot of interpretations about it. Um, yeah. I think that like, at the very minimum, like it is about the dangers of overreading, specifically of feeling like you know somebody by their work. Yes. Um, and crossing boundaries and and doing that. And then you can take that uh, degree and dial it forward or back to whatever degree, you know, whatever amount you want. Yes. So I think this game supports a read that is about um, criticism as being an inherently kind of intrusive act, mm-hmm. you know, we're not all putting in lamppost literally, but when you engage in an act of criticism, you are bringing yourself to it. Yeah. And you're definitely informing the way that people read, you know, you uh, might end up getting somebody to reevaluate, to steer away from their initial reaction to the work and imposing yourself into the relationship between the creator and the non-critic player. Yeah. And even though I love that, obviously I also think that that is, uh, there's a there's a lens through which that is violent, mm-hmm. you know, to just the sanctity of somebody's work. Most people want that. Yeah. You know, most people create art and they release it and in part for that purpose. Uh, but it's not something that is inherently part of art right. or inherently uh, kit and caboodle with the act of creation. Mm-hmm. You know, it is dangerous to assume that it is and it's dangerous to run that throttle all the way up. And ultra dangerous when it's you saying that you know the person and even incredibly, you know, unkind when it's somebody, you know, yeah, and it's like personal and you're being shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them. It's a very weird one to analyze, you know, feels a little bit like walking on eggshells to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. It resists it. I like, I love how hostile it is mm-hmm. to, to that. It's, it, again, it, it feels to me like it bats a bunch of ideas, uh, to think about with stuff like this, but is very flexible in terms of conclusion. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciate. Yeah. Really, really um, definitely put together, you know? Yes. Um, and it's one of those things where like, oftentimes you, uh, run into the problem of saying whether or not a whole work is subtle or unsubtle, you know? 
Mm-hmm. But like good ones, there are the, the the different parts of it are different things. Like this, this has its incredibly unsubtle moments. Again, when the characters are directly speaking to you, either through the narration or through um or through the Coda's letter at the end, right? But um, there are just lots and lots of subtle little touches that I'll build up to that just gigantic, very well executed impact. Um, when you, when you get to the end and get that turn and just this game, it it fucked me up the first time that I played it. Yeah, me too. Big emotional reaction. I also, one thing I love about it is that, uh, I was trying to think about this. This, it might be, uh, it's up there with walking Sims for me. Uh, you know, it's either this or Soma probably, uh, if that, that counts and it only kind of counts. Um, but I, one of the things I love about this in terms of a walking sim or just a video game is it's about something that video games are not about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, people will make art games about anything. Mm-hmm. There's no shortage about, of subjects. Like if you want to play a game about almost anything you can. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is just a deep and resonant and interesting theme Yeah, for, for a, a game to be about. It's not about, uh honor <laughs> you know or like the place of a soldier it's... or uh you know something like just things the kind of crap that video games tend to be about yeah yeah you know wouldn't normal immortality suck <laughs> like it, it, it we have unlimited things that video games can be about it ends up feeling like we end up playing games about the same you know 10 things yeah or whatever, whether that's, you know, that's certainly not strictly true, but that's how it can feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I don't, this is a game about games or about art in a way that to me does not feel strokey or clever, clever or winky. At yeah. all. It's saying something true and kind of like a tragic puzzle about art. Yeah. It's very, er- it's very earnest. And I think that that helps it. Right. Yes. Uh, it, it says, you know, Everything here is intentional, um, and it is not, uh, you know, like, yes, there is dramatic irony with some of the things that Davy says that really underlines uh, the ways in which he is failing as a friend uh, and, uh, and, and as a consumer. But I think that sincerity to this is a really important part of it and, you know, keeps it from feeling like it is uh, trying to be real. Look at me clever. Uh, you yes. know, which would, which is a problem, uh, that an art game can, you know, can fall into quote unquote art game. Right. Um, yeah. and I think that, you know, when we talk about like, go oh, honor the, 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 the role of a soldier, you know, friendship, et cetera, like, um, <laughs> I'll take friendship out of there because, uh, that would actually make what I'm about to say really, uh, really insulting. Um, all of those things are actually like less relatable than just, uh, or less, less applicable to our lives than a game that is about, you know, the perils of playing and interpreting a game wrong right i think that everybody who is playing this has an experience of playing a game and wondering what it means and this is about that and this is about a game yeah just like art yes you know or or the experience of assuming you know somebody based on their art yes uh i assume that if not universal it's a fairly commonplace experience to meet somebody Mm -hmm. who has made something that you like and and being disappointed on some level or feeling kind of tricked yeah. uh, by it because you built a version of them in your head mm-hmm. uh, that does not exist. Right. Like you, you, you know, you made a fan fiction yep. of that person based on an incomplete picture. Um, I think that is a, a 
billion times more relatable than <laughs> doesn't it suck that there are child soldiers? Like I will never go to war if you know, cross my fingers. I will never, you know, there, there's so many of those things that I dislike. It's so weird that we end up doing games and making art in a general sense mm-hmm. about these gigantic sweeping classical themes that are absolutely impossible to relate to. Yeah. And when we try to make something, when games try to make something that is smaller scale uh, than that, it feels like there is just very little audience uh, for it. And it kind of bums me out. Like I get it. And I like playing games that are fun and flashy and all that Mm -hmm. jazz as well. Yeah. You know, but there's just like the number of people, like I want everybody who cried when Eris died to play this. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's a little bit more real than that, which was, action figures who you, you know, thought you knew and read a lot into, yeah. uh, dying. So I don't know. There, there, it, it's, it gives me a lot to think about, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I love. Like when I first played it, I thought about it for a long time. When I played it this time, I thought about it, you know, it's still living rent free in my head. Yeah. So no, incredibly good. I like it. It's a good game. I'm happy to decided to do it. I think doing the Stanley parable last year really kind of lit a fire under our ass to, uh, to get this on here. Because uh, I know yeah. we uh, during that episode we both said like yeah we gotta we gotta go back to that and I've been wanting to for a while because I haven't I haven't played it uh, I have not played it since uh, since the first time since it came out yeah one of my favorite indies mm-hmm. yeah, super good game uh, thanks everybody for listening we appreciate you uh, if you have things to say about the beginner's guide hit us up by May fifteenth at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yep. Uh, this is the last episode that is going to be uh, the last episode of this show that's going to be going out on the early release feed. Um, so just so you're aware, uh, that is going away at the end of uh, April and uh, May 1st, moving over to new uh, to, to some new uh, things there. We're going to be uh, the, during that first week of May when people who were on the early release schedule were going to uh, not get anything, not get anything new because of the changeover. As everybody gets on the same schedule, there's going to be some Watch Out for Fireballs uh, dispatch cleanup uh, episodes that are going out. So uh, keep an eye on those if you are a uh, a, a patron. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, uh, if you're not a patron, become a patron. Please do. You get a bunch of bonus shows <laughs> and support your boys. We appreciate it. Yeah. There are pre episodes of this show that you get, including uh, the episode on Max Payne 3 that's coming out this month. Yeah. And uh, if you want those, if you want to hear those, head on over. Please uh, do. Five bucks a month get you those, as well as Bonfireside Chat and a bunch of bonus stuff. Yeah. Oh, I changed the topic before we uh, gave the uh, gave how to write in. Uh, it, it's uh, the 15th of April and the 15th of May to write in about those games, uh, the, the, those, uh, those games that we're covering. Uh, so if you have thoughts. It is well past the 15th of April, my uh. friend. Oh, yes. May and, Fif- and June. 15th oh. of May. Yes. Sorry. May and June. Shit. I've lost a whole yep. month, Gary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, 15th of May, 15th of June. Uh, May's Games, uh, Beginner's Guide, Teardown, and Max Payne 3. Max Payne 3 being the premium one. Uh, June's Games being uh, The Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, uh, Terranigma, Another World, and Vampire. Yes. Or Out of This World uh, if you are on the side of the pond. Yes. You may have played it as one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other than that, ratings, reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict are very useful. Uh, and that's all the things you need to do. We appreciate you for hearing this at all. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Come back next week uh, for Teardown, another indie banger. Uh, super excited to talk about that. Uh, but until then, watch out for Davies. Davies. <laughs>